We now join this up, season one episode of Father Figure Podcast, already in progress. Thanks for listening. It's loaded with like. Who the gigantic person was that? Oh, that was that was Neil. You know the gigantic oh, okay. person. <laughs> That's pretty much how my car is every time I go to baseball. I pick up Will or Jared Timmons. Yeah. Man, those guys are—they're just massive humans. I mean, people in comparison. I mean, I'm not a small human, though, too. That's the other thing. But, like, when I see someone in there... Because I am I have the experience normally of, like, if I'm in a crowd, which happens very rarely now, because crowds <laughs> yes. don't exist anymore, like, I can usually see everyone. Yes. I if, if I see someone that's above the crowd, I'm always like, wait, yeah. what are you doing up here? It's true. And if I have to look up, I'm like, damn it. But if I, I ever that. need to go undetected, you know, if I was trying to escape yeah. somewhere, I'd yeah. get it really easier. You brought, I see you brought a single coffee. I did. Yep. That's fortunate for you. I'm glad that you're responsible and don't text while driving. But. but you would really like to have known if we're... I believe in my pitch to get you to come on the podcast and said, we'll go get a coffee. Oh, perfect. Okay. Because I actually only brewed a small. Okay. So, that's it. so what do you got on today? Sunday morning. Uh, for clothing? Yeah, for clothing. Um, well, who are you wearing? The stretchy jeans. <laughs> stretchy jeans. I love the stretchy jeans, by the way. Which, if we want to get into it, I'm in disbelief that it's taken this long for men to adopt it. I don't so, need the stretchy jeans. I'm feeling pretty good. But yeah. once you once you get into them, I just keep them beside the bed. Oh, man. You could wear them too bad. I go from the jogging pants to the stretchy jeans. Yeah. <laughs> Those are really the only two pairs of pants anyone needs. And I love to dress up. I love dress clothes, but uh, it's it's just not the same thing. Yeah, I did a little a little intro to just uh, say who's on the podcast this morning. I didn't really know what to say. I just said, just listen. Like, it'll be cool. Yeah. I promise. Because our conversation is always pretty good. But I feel like I should have mentioned that you've always had really nice clothes. <laughs> that should have been one of them. Well, when you talk about that, you have to also understand that I have not grown since I was 14 right. years old. You still got the baby gap. So Points card. It's easy to have nice clothes <laughs> when you can keep them forever. Yeah. So my wardrobe has just been growing for 20 years. Right. I have like the, those are the shirts that need to be ironed in the back. Right. And, uh, yeah. So do you get rid of clothes? Do you have like a buddy who's like, I'll take that stuff when you're tired of it or you just keep everything? Um, I actually had an employee recently that would love my clothes and the first time I offered them I was like listen man no offense like I don't you know it's not like you need them but we're the same size and right. you know it's just it is what it is and you don't look good <laughs> uh, it, it, you uh, need help yes there, yeah. there was some there was some truth to that right um, the, even dress shoes I know the first thing I was like yeah you know I just don't wear these they're you know I just don't grab yeah. for them yeah um, and your 507s just aren't doing it for the office bro it, it was more like the the fact that on the back they looked like a wedge because the 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 heel on the inside had been ground down so much <laughs> that he was yeah. walking like a penguin because nice. his shoes weren't even. That's what did it. Yeah. Oh man, it's those commission salespeople, man. It's like sometimes they need new shoes. Uh, well, instead, like with his first bonus check, he bought a gold watch <laughs> instead of like some so new shoes. Still the same shoes, I see. It's like, hey, man, I sit down most of the time. I can yeah. handle the bad shoes. Yeah. Kind of the mark of a of a like a salesman too is to like all dress nice except just look down at his shoes. They're always beat up if they're moving around a lot. I, uh, and actually, this guy did uh, he sold vacuums door to door. Nice. Way back in the day. Like, yeah. I don't know how long ago, but a long time ago. It 
it's like vacuums and knives, right? That's like your first introduction to like. When I interviewed him, I was like, Are "You serious? People do that? Yeah. Like, yeah. like what kind of vacuum? Are you carrying a vacuum around? This is a, yeah. this is what I couldn't get my head around. Like, are we talking bagless or yeah. one with the cord? You're you're hauling around the little trolley behind it, or yeah, yeah. It's not the vacuum though. It's the license to sell the vacuum. That's what you want to get people involved in. Is that what it is? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Like, I didn't know you needed to be a licensed vacuum salesman. Yeah, that's the. I have yeah. to have a license to sell everything now. Yeah. You know what I heard though mm. is uh, the job really sucked. I. Yes. I don't think that there was appropriate yeah. enough uh, amount of dead air for that. <laughs> get it? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, I get it. But it was a dad joke. It was. They're my favorite. Yeah. So what's been going on, man? I mean, I know what's been going on. I follow you. That's not real. No, I, you follow the I've, perception I've, of what I want people to believe. I follow what's going you. On. I fo- I follow you into your house at night. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm in the bushes. <laughs> I know. A, you know what? Like asking, you know, how you doing? What's up? It's I, such a loaded question. I know. There's been. It feels like these two polar opposites of nothing's been going on. Yeah. yeah. But there's also a lot going on. Well, then it's like, how much are we getting into here, man? Oh. That's my question. Like when I. When I run into people I haven't seen in a while, it's like, hey, man, what's been up? It's like, wow, since I saw you, uh, I got married, um, yeah. <laughs> I bought a house, like I, had a, I had a kid. Like, how far are we going? Yeah. Instead, of, I just love the friggin' man. I love it when I run into a guy. Like, I ran into, um, oh, I can't remember his name now. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But just a guy that I would have probably, like, hung out with maybe three times in high school. Yeah. And it's just like, hey, George. I was like, hey, man. Yeah. That's it. See ya. <laughs> like, that's great. I'm glad that you didn't pretend you didn't recognize me. Yeah. That, that did it for me. Yeah. And, like, I'm also glad that you didn't try to corner me and be like, tell me about everything. Like, yeah. Because I don't want to deal with that. But I would invite him on my podcast. Mm-hmm. Which is wildly successful already before our first before our first release. Yeah. Everyone I've asked to come on has, has said either yes oh. Or I'm scared I'm going to say something stupid and I don't want to deal with the comments. And I'm like, how popular do you think this thing's going to be right <laughs> off the bat, man? I can't handle the backlash, George. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm glad that you have such faith, but yeah. like, probably I'm going to listen to it, maybe. And you're you're probably going to be the one listener to your episode. Unless you share it, then you, you're like, your wife might listen as well. Yeah. <laughs> or your response is going to be, listen, man. You always say stupid stuff and catch backlash. What's the difference? Yeah. Come on now. Exactly. I know that's where I'm at. Yeah. That's a... That is sucky though, man. Me and Neil were talking about that last night. Like, you... Like, commenting on Facebook has just become a friggin' minefield. I just... Oh, yeah. I feel like I just don't anymore. No. You, you still do... Once in a while. Yeah, you still have, like, surprisingly... I find it surprising how much, like, fortitude you have for the... For still throwing stuff out there that like I definitely would consider like I agree with a lot of the stuff you do too like I'm one of those guys like 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 my face is like I like this that Justin put this but I'm not hitting the fucking like button (laughs) it's funny because I love genuinely love once in a while arguing I don't know what it is it's a sickness that I I, I like it the difference is I don't take things personal I really don't care what anybody thinks yeah so at the end of the day I'm good yeah can you do me a favor and just like sure can hold on to that a little bit hi can I get a medium two cream 
medium, one cream. And a medium single cream. A medium two cream and a medium single cream? Yep. Anything else? Nope, that's it. Thanks. Yeah, I'm trying to find a place for that, but I, I can't, like, there's no real easy... I mean, I was just, like, putting it over my little thing there yesterday, but hmm. I'm going to have to rig something up so it just... So, it like... It's it's kind of... It's, it's wibbly-wobbly. Yeah. No, that's not... Like, you can do that, but you still kind of have to have your hand. Close. Like the car? Yes. My plan was to detail it before I started driving people around, but no. that, that never happened. Buddy. <laughs> my dog's shedding right now. You get into mine, it's your like... Dad shed, your dog's shedding? Uh, shedding. He's also shedding, though, by yes. the way. Uh, my mother borrowed my vehicle a month and a half ago. Yeah. And uh, took a road trip with my aunts and my grandmother and asked if I, she could borrow my van. Right. I said, well, I can just rent you one. Yeah, I, yeah. like, get a discount. It's, <laughs> yeah. like, 40 bucks. I can right. rent you one. Like, nah, I just feel more comfortable driving yours. I was like, okay. She was going to New Brunswick. Right. So I took it, paid to get it detailed, got it done real nice. Oh, you know, nice. She was picking up my grandmother and all this. Yeah. And now a month and a half later, after, you know, one or two camping trips and driving the dog everywhere when I just go out for a rip, mm. it's it's pretty bad. You just take the pup with you when you go for a drive? Yeah. What type of van do you have? Uh, Caravan. No, a uh, Chrysler Town & Country. Ah, well... Like a souped-up caravan. Yeah, I mean, you know, those are nice though. They're very, it's very nice. Man, it's hard to say. It's amazing that, that you have a minivan. Thank you. Thank you. So I watched this video of like it was like the five stages of of accepting like that you're a basic dad. Yep. <laughs> I feel like they should have had a minivan in there, but I definitely have rented them before. I'm like. It wasn't the plan. These right? are sweet. It wasn't the plan. <laughs> we, um, I went into Harvard at the time. Yeah. Uh, Curran was in there. Yeah. And um, I said, "Here's the things that I. Here's the things that I do know. Did I would you? like. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just interrupting. Leaning it's your show. Though. It's your show. Did you know that you were definitely buying something when you saw Curran? When I what? When you saw Curran. Uh oh! So when I saw Curran. Um. Like where you like? Ah, damn it. Now I have to buy whatever he's... Oh, no, no, no. I knew he was in there. Um, okay. Yeah, you went to see him specifically. Yeah. But in the back of your head, you're like, ah, it'd be nice if he was sick today so I could just look around and not fully have to buy something. No, no. He was <laughs> he, he was good. I, I, I had kind of had my mind frame around a 7-passenger SUV, yeah. um, which I have one of those as well because we got a Dodge Journey after we got the van. Right. But then when I started looking into 7-passenger SUVs, mm-hmm. um, quality... Seven passengers were extremely expensive, yeah. even used. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, listen, I need leather. I can't go back. I have enjoyed having a sunroof recently. Heated yeah. seats can't go without them. My old back needs it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> listen, man, like, you know, you're, I know it's not exactly what you're thinking, but you've got to see this. Yeah. And yeah, automatic doors, heated everything, leather, <laughs> two Blu ray players. Yeah. I would joke with friends, I'd be like, man, you gotta see my new ride, man. Leather, 18 inch wheels, two Blu ray players, yeah. seven passengers. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's got <laughs> yeah. Sneak that one in there. It's uh, it's not the coolest thing, but it's so convenient. But it is super cool, though. So convenient. Like, you don't have to sell me on minivans. No, I know. I picked up a whole couch one time, an eight foot long couch. <laughs> 
and got it in and was able to even close the door. Yeah. I mean, I had to push up like those 80 year old ladies yeah. that the airbag's gonna so knock their like, head off one day. You're like, babe, can you drive? I'm gonna lay on this coach on the way home. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. That's funny. Trying to convince E-Man to get on. Yep. His rider's a bit expensive, so. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he's not a. He's not an early riser. I don't always think. And I might change that. I might start doing the because e- last night I went out with Neil. Yep. And it was good. I do. I really want to avoid the two things. I, I don't. I can't. I can't really do it when Lachlan's up. So I'll, if I'm gonna be home anyway, yep. unless it was like the middle of work day. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to deal with traffic. I just want to go no, for a drive and chill. No. So, <clears throat> oh man, it's I don't know. I mean, now, in hindsight, yeah, it's early. <laughs> so of course, you asked me to do this. Yeah. Uh, Thirty-six hours later, my brother texts me. Uh, hey man, we got nothing going on Saturday. If you uh, want to send the kids over for a sleepover, nice. So, uh, we had nothing going on last night. Got the host to ourselves. So yeah. I typically would sleep in. Yeah. Um, but I usually plan to sleep in. And then, of course, my internal clock just wakes me up anyway. Yeah. And I get frustrated. I'm like, come on! It's Saturday. There's nobody here. Go yeah. to sleep. But yeah, that, that's a weird thing. Like, when like when we send Lachlan for a sleepover, and then the, the next morning it's like 8, and I'm like, what? Yeah. What's happening? Yeah. And then you feel like you've done something wrong. You get that guilt. You're like, am I, yeah. am I a bad father? <laughs> but you're really just sleeping to a regular time. Even recently... I mean, the, the kids are back in school, or Isaiah started school, and Jonah's back in. Um, and because I don't have to go to the office, mm-hmm. there hasn't been a huge need to get up super early, even yeah. when I sleep in. Because I've the, the last few years, I'm pretty much been between five and six for as long as I can remember, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not even really sleeping in, but I'm just kind of being lazy. Yeah. But I still get up, take the dog oh, yeah. for a walk, come home, work out. And I still have plenty of time before I start work. So it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, why? So you guys aren't back in the office at all? No. Really? I'm um, not. It's, the main thing is, when everything started, we spent so much time and energy and resources to get everybody home. Right. We bought laptops for hundreds of people, thousands of people. Uh, had to change the whole, I mean, it's really technological. Our listeners probably won't uh, care, quite care. I was going to say understand, but that yeah. was just me. Well, you and Diane are our listeners right jerk. now. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> and it, it, we took so much time and, and stuff to get it together yeah. that now with the state of Quebec, Ontario, and Alberta, yeah. which are the other provinces that we operate and where 90% of our business is, mm-hmm. uh, they're like, well, there's no way we're going back anytime soon. Yeah. And just because the Maritimes are doing well, we're not going to let them go back. We're going to do a national rollout. Okay. So I'm actually on the pilot team, and uh, we're going to have a couple people start going back mid-November, mm-hmm. and we need to check our temperature every morning. Mm. before going in mm. uh, keep a log in an Excel sheet uh, every day of temperature time we arrive time we left if we leave to grab lunch who did we come in contact with mm. um, it seems like overkill but I mean you know we deal with insurance we're yeah extremely concerned about the liability of it and all that so mm. uh, with all that stuff I'd rather just not go back I yeah mean, you know trying sure. to jump through all those hoops but I think that's pros and common cons. with like a lot of businesses now. People are just like, ah, we're not going back. Like I work from home now permanently. Yeah. And <clears throat> my boss offered me a 
a promotion. Nice. And it and it was like, well, I'll need you in the office. And I was just like, ah, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And he was like, really? And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to uh, go to the office. Yeah. And he was just like, okay, so if we make it so that you can do this from home, are we good? And I'm like, yep. Huh. And he was like, all right, sweet. And I was just like, cool. And it's way better, man. Like, the other thing, too, is it's worked out well for him. Yeah. Like, I do way more work at home. Oh, I'm way more productive. Yeah. And at, like, sometimes if it's been, if I've, if I've had some downtime in the middle of the day, yep. and I've been able to, like, uh, take the dog for a walk or something like that, then, yep. like, um, if I get an email at, like, 630, I'm not like, yes, that can wait. I'm like, all right, I'll, yep. I'll deal with that now. So. It's changing people's mentalities a bit. Yeah. Like, I have a few employees that, um. I'm just kind of, well, I'm not reinventing the wheel, but I'm reinventing the way that I do things. And, uh, you know, I have some people that are saying, listen, like, if I can run out every day for an hour, mm-hmm. I can save $1,000 a month in childcare. 100%. And I'm like, listen, man, no no brainer. Like, yeah. you know, if you're willing to put the time in and make up a little bit of time here and there, and they're like, well, I'll just come home and work for an extra hour. And I say, well, you can do that, or you can just once a week do, you know, two and a half hours or three hours or... But at the same time, I mean, it's, you know, if you're doing what you need to do, mm. a little bit of, an hour here and there is not making or breaking. And, uh, you know what it's like, we need to pick up the phone when people call anyway. So most of my, most of my guys are pretty good to, like you said, if something important comes in after hours, just go for it. Mm. The part that I don't like the most, and I, and a lot of people, uh, don't talk about it, is just the so- social interaction. Yeah. And the... Mental stimulation. I'm different than a lot where, you know, Diana needs, she likes her downtime and her, her time to recharge is by herself, not talking to anybody. Right. And I'm like, man, I need to talk to some people (laughs) about nothing. I don't even care what it's about. Uh, And that's why I'm more productive at home. There's nobody to talk to at the office. It's like, I have that sign on my back. Please don't talk to me or I'll get nothing done. Yeah. Um, So I miss that. And I, plus I like my employees and coworkers. That Mm. helps because I genuinely am interested in the morning. I don't just go in and ask how their night was just because I'm pretending. I actually care. But, yeah. You know. Do you miss that part? Um, we, I never really had that a lot anyway because I, because before I took this role I was an estimator so I was always out. We, I never really had an office situation. True. So I was always just kind of going around and uh, talking to clients. But you been lonely for years already. Yeah, I'm already... But that's what I like, though. <laughs> I'm yeah. probably more like Diana in that way. Like I, man, uh, I used to think that I was an extrovert because I like making people laugh and I like being the center of attention and stuff like that. But I really, now that I think it's about just it, just your more, mask if you want to get deep. Yeah, let's no, <laughs> <laughs> um, But the more I think about it, as is, I am more of an introvert because, man, I, like we've always thought thought that it's one or the other, though. True, and that's not the case. True, Diana. Yeah. Diana can be extroverted right but her at the at the core she's an introvert that's that's where she's most comfortable doesn't mean that she's not capable and doesn't enjoy the extroverted side right you're you're the same right now when you accepted to come on this podcast yes did diana know that she would be the focus of attention not at all (laughs) not at all yeah she probably wouldn't like that her introverted side yeah probably not no, it's uh, it's funny. It's uh, you know what I mean. Like I don't know. You, you tell me, but I, I always kind of thought, and what you're the little bit that you're taught in school about that type of stuff is well, it's kind of one or the other. 
Yeah. I think a lot of people are a little bit more, a little more dynamic than they give themselves credit for, and capable of not just being limited to, you know, one, one definition. But. Yeah. Well, man, I feel like everything I've learned in school is like very <laughs> like surface amount of information. Oh. Gosh, it's yes. like if you're interested in this, like, and, and all you know about it is what you learn in high school. Like, man, there's probably a lot more to that oh, topic, sure. whatever it is. Yeah. I just feel like, and it's so weird too, because you think you know so much. Like, I thought I know so much when I was a kid. Just like I got everything figured out, guys. Yeah. Like, this, <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> man. Well, in my case, it's like life just has a way of being like, man, it, it humbles you. It's just like, mm-hmm. nope. Think you got this figured out? Well, yep. sit down for a minute. Yep. Let me uh, show you what the real situation is. You get enough of those in a row, and then apparently, like I don't know, you just start to feel different. I did. I I do, man. I like now that I'm in my mid thirties. I'm like, I I listen to kids like that. I coach and stuff, and I'm just like, oh man, I wish I can see now. Like the older guys that used to like scratch their eyes and like shake their head at me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like ah, oh yeah, man. I'm just like. I guess this is it, man. Like, yeah. this this is how it goes. It like, is. it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I saw a kid the other day getting into his little Civic. <laughs> and, like, I'm such a dad. Like, okay. But if I describe what he was wearing, like, maybe <laughs> like maybe you'll agree with me. He was wearing, like, um, sweatpants. Yeah. They were tapered down. But they were, like, baggy at the top. They, they were, like, just above his knees. And his underwear was fully, like, his underwear was out and his... He had, like, a T-shirt tucked into his underwear. So, like, he wanted you to make sure you see his underwear. And then they went into, like, he had some high tops, probably Jordans or something. And he had, like, high socks and his sweatpants were tucked into the socks. Hat was, like, flat brim, huge hat, like. And it was on kind of sideways a little bit. And he had this big puffy, like, um, vest. Yeah. And I, and I looked at him getting into his Civic, and I was like, it's got to be a mistake or a joke that he's wearing all those things. But he, Probably I know not. he thought he looked amazing. Yes. And he went out of his way on purpose. To do all to, those things. To do that. Yeah. I... Just <laughs> pull your pants up! <laughs> I struggle. It's funny. I'm be, I'm, I don't even say I'm becoming my dad. Yeah. I have already become my dad. Oh, yeah. Uh, the problem is, is half the time I like it. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, yes, you did good, Dad. Yeah. Because uh, common sense and decency and, and manners and uh, respect and things like that are a lot of them. I, I gave Jonah a little chat the other day about um, being ready when someone's coming to pick you up. Right. I was like, oh, I used to hate when Dad would do that. It's right, like, well, no, right. like if a friend's offering to drive you somewhere... Yeah. They should never wait for you. You should be by the door, ready to go. They're going out of their way. Right. Uh, the least you can do. And I hated it as a yeah. kid. I'm like, Dad, this is my best friend. Yeah. They don't care if they're waiting. Right. Well, they definitely did. Oh, yeah. Because I hate that. Um, but if you got to make a Keurig, man, I mean, you got to well, make a Keurig. You know. But I'm, I'm very big on time. I'm like, okay. I know, like, yeah. I'm good on, you know, I know how long it takes to get everywhere. I'm like, I'll be there in 11 minutes. Yeah. Guy behind me is very happy that I'm pulling off. So I'm um, very fast. But to your question, yes, it drives me crazy. Uh, yeah. The problem is, is I remember when I was a kid, yeah. and I vividly remember one day in my room, yeah. trying to get my pants to can look you, like. Can you hold that crisscross like forever? Um, yeah. Here, let me just. Here, hold on. Okay. I'm gonna sit my coffee down. 
And yeah. Then, yeah, I can We're going back to your story. But then you won't be able to drink your coffee. I, I'm going to finish this one. Okay. Uh, it's probably better that they can hear you better anyway. Sure. Because you're the guest. Okay. You're in so your... I vividly remember, and I don't remember exactly what grade, <clears throat> yeah. but I was trying to make my pants look like crisscross. Like backwards? Like, well, the backwards part I got. Okay. This is funny, though. I, I just kept looking in the mirror. I'm like, but it just doesn't look the same. Right. And for some reason, I couldn't comprehend that they were wearing pants that were six sizes too big for them. Because uh, why would why would they do that? Okay. So it's it's weird because baggy pants weren't a thing. No, yeah. Right? So I'm looking in the mirror, and I just got these tight pants on that are backwards. So I just look like an idiot. <laughs> um, you know, and there's no... <laughs> You're, like, working on this all morning. <laughs> and, and my mother is... Like, once we realized it, she's yeah. like, well, I'm not buying you pants that are too big for you. That's just ludicrous. Yeah. Why would I ever do that? <laughs> um, yeah. And so I, I know trying to, you know, trying to fit in and trying to follow the the new trends and stuff. And the, the thing that just gets me is it doesn't matter how stupid they get. Yeah. They're going to follow them. The yes. last couple of years, you know, we have friends that are older now and... Uh, family friends where their kids started junior high Jonah started junior high and the last couple of years even through the winter the in thing was girls wearing socks with like Birkenstock sandals during the winter oh, that's man. the thing freezing rain sleet snow six inches of slush Birks and sandals right um, and no jacket oh, like God, God forbid no jacket. That was the in. That was the cool thing to do. Yeah. Luckily, well, like when we were growing up, like starter jackets and Columbia jackets were cool. Yeah, so yeah. it was like, okay, you don't have to freeze to be cool I, right I now. I feel like growing up in the '80s, we dodged a lot of bullets, man. Mm-hmm. That's definitely one of them. Yeah. Like the clothes, the fashion was like so comfortable for men and women. Because I remember yeah. with women, it was like all baggy stuff too. Like they did. Yeah. There was no body like image stuff. I no. mean, there probably was that I didn't just pay we attention to. But, yeah. But like it seems like it was like overalls you know what I mean like gap sweaters and stuff later mm-hmm. on and like that was what was cool for girls and for guys it was just like man the most multicolorful like yeah. button up shirt you can get <laughs> and like baggy pants yeah. but nothing crazy just yeah. comfortable yeah, you know just comfortable nothing, nothing too baggy yeah and like I just feel like things were so smooth it seemed like me now <clears throat> this probably my white privilege talking I guess but mm-hmm. For me, it seemed, and I was a kid too, so I don't really know. Yes, I wasn't dealing with anything. That's the other. That's the other part. Like kids that get stressed out today, to me, it's like you just don't understand, man. And I'm like, what is it? Like, yeah. not that I'm gonna try to compare my struggle, but like, what is it? And half the time you find out, it's like I got like, man, like this girl like doesn't text me back. Yeah, you know, you're just, like <laughs> you're like, dude, she left me on red, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I saw those dots moving too once. You're just like ah. That's the um, yeah. I mean, we can go we can go anywhere you want, as deep as you want. I'm always down for whatever. But um, well, you're gonna be a recurring yeah, sure, guest. sure. <laughs> there's there's a lot about that though, and I I struggle because I I have to say, Dad, if you're listening, no. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I I like the way that I was raised. My parents were firm but fair, mm-hmm. and they set rules and they didn't deviate from them. Right and. I didn't like it. You know, I had a lot of conflict with my parents growing up. Um, but it was rules that made sense. And, and it made me responsible. And it made me respectful. And, you know, there's... Uh, Street Justin's in here. And I try not to let him out very often. Yeah. And... But all of that stuff 
is is linked to a certain extent, right? right. Uh, should you be able to walk into a school with 10 inches of your butt hanging out? Absolutely not. Right. But if you tell someone what they can't wear, well, now, George, that's super offensive. Right. And who are you to try and do that? Um, <clears throat> you know, and girls, it's not the distraction to boys argument. That's a part of it, and that's a valid argument if right. you've ever been inside the, the brain of an adolescent or even an adult male. Yeah. It doesn't get much better after adolescence. Right. Um, you know, it's very, very tough. But the problem today is nobody's ever told no. Mm-hmm. They're never given feedback yeah. because that would be considered bullying or something. Mm-hmm. So we have a generation of young adults who, well, what do you mean I need to work a late shift? That's just unacceptable, right? right? Uh, don't you know that I have a degree just like every single other person around? So yeah. I should have a Monday to Friday nine to $500,000 paying job. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does start at home. Yeah. Right. We can laugh about baggy pants and stuff like that, but it's like, yeah, to, you know, there there is a fine line where you're setting your kids up for failure of not providing feedback that a you look like an idiot yeah. or you're acting like an idiot mm-hmm. or your behavior is unacceptable and won't be tolerated. Yeah. And then the first chat they have with their boss, yeah. they're like, I can't handle this. Yeah, exactly. You told me that my work is subpar and that I can't have an attitude with people and that's very upsetting right Um, and it sounds funny but it's not it's actually terrifying Mm -hmm. because that is our our future leadership of the country well that's what I was talking to Neil about last night it's like I've reached this point now where I've been around enough people that are in like you know we're we're all in our mid-30s now we're all in pretty like good respectable areas of society and some of us are Mm -hmm. in decision making decision making areas and it's like yeah. and now we are that group of people so now it's time that's why when when guys are telling me like oh, I don't I don't want to come on and to your pod do your podcast because I'm scared I'll say something I'm like dude that that's why you should come on yeah is because we need guys like you who are going to actually want to say stuff yeah. and and want people to listen to what they're saying and, and like man stand up a little bit like yeah. there, there's been it's time I think now for guys that have always felt this way like not that there's a particular way to feel or think, but, like, man, there's a lot of, like, in-your-face friggin' <laughs> types of yeah. societal pressures that most, a lot of people I talk to don't agree with them, yeah. but nobody says anything, uh-huh. and I think it's just important that, like, man, we gotta, we gotta raise that, um other side of the argument to say, like, nobody, we don't wanna, I, I don't wanna hurt anybody, man, I, no. I just want... I want everybody to get along and all that stuff, but I also think that some things are getting a little out of hand. Oh, yeah. Like, and I, I don't see where this goes in a positive way. Like, fuck, man. I I read a book by Jordan Peterson, and then I fucking posted the cover, and I, like, said, hey, this was a good book. Read it. Yeah. And I got fucking torn. A sh- like, it was, like, it was not worth doing that. Wow. And then, uh, and then I just... Was and, and the thing that shocked me the most is that all the people that commented on it never read the book. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, like, what? how do you have an opinion on something you never read? Well, that's the story of everything that people have to say right now. Right. People have lots to say. They yeah. haven't, I mean, and it's the joke about, you know, researching. Yeah. I watched YouTube and I researched. Right. But legitimately, 
the people that say that, they didn't research. Mm-hmm. Nobody actually does. Right. But yet they have very, very strong feelings about something that they really know nothing about. Yeah. We, uh, a lot of people are getting led down the garden path too. And it's, oh, yeah. that, it's that idea of like, you got to keep this option open that someone is consciously misleading you. Yes. And and a lot of people don't keep that open. It's like they watch a YouTube video. It all looks good, man. Yeah. It's all very polished. Like there's a guy who looks like he's standing in front of a newsroom yeah. and then they're throwing up like all these which look like legitimate yeah. articles. All that could be fake. Yeah. You don't know. No. You know what I mean? What do you mean, man? That's real? He's wearing a lab coat. Yeah, exactly. He's got to be a yeah, doctor. Yeah, he's a doctor. He must man. be a scientist, man. Yeah. They don't just give lab coats to anybody. Yeah. And we're just in this... We like It's like what you said, man. We're in this realm where like something sounds ridiculous. Like it can be the most ridiculous thing. And like those things I tend to want to mock. Yeah. And now it's like... If it sounds... more, The more ridiculous it sounds, the more I'm like, okay, this probably isn't a joke. Yeah. Man, I uh, the there's there's so many different sides. The big the big thing that I I really feel worried about is that nobody knows how to deal with conflict. People are incapable of having a conversation where they don't agree with each other. Yeah. They are incapable of it. Yeah. And I I genuinely don't take things personal. The the tough part is people always get personal. Oh, yeah, well, that's what you always do, just like you did when you were a kid. Like, yeah. Whoa, whoa, man, yeah, what yeah, do you mean? Like, I just said easy. pineapple yeah. is good on pizza. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, well, hold on, though. I mean, well, and I, you are 100% correct about that. Sure. <laughs> um, no, I didn't say belongs on pizza. I said it's good on pizza. Like, yeah. You know, again, it's, anyway. <laughs> but, uh, and, and, it's, and it's a tough thing. And I, 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 I always think of it from a work perspective, right? So I am now... I'm now 11 years that I have been managing people and right. 12 as a supervisor. And I've had, you know, I've had 65 year old employees. I've had 18 year old employees. Mm-hmm. And I noticed the difference, the sense of entitlement, but the refusal to take feedback. And don't get me wrong. Not everybody's that way. Yeah. Um, I think some people are still, um, you know, being raised and I do think that it comes to that being raised a little bit better, but you know, it's, it's feedback and people always think of it as a negative thing instead of, I only give feedback to people that I care about. If I don't care about you, I am not going to waste one ounce of breath trying to help you improve and be a better person. And it's not that I know the definition of what a better person is, but I subscribe to the thought that there's not one person in life that can teach you everything you need to know. Right. But everybody has something to teach you. 100%. And I don't need to agree with you. We might have polar opposite lives. But if I can just steal one little tidbit of information from you that you do well Mm -hmm. and do that from everybody, hey, I'm going to be a smart person. But if you're not open to that, if you already think you know it all, which I did growing up, and it's a challenge and you nailed it, you need to be humbled. You need to realize that you know nothing and that you really have zero relevant life experience as a a teenager because everything you learned is irrelevant. Um, but that's the fear is nobody can take criticism and they get so bent out of shape. And so you never move forward and people are unwilling to even listen, uh, and entertain a thought that is different than theirs. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's crazy. You're right. I don't know how we get past where we're at right now. Really? Well, I don't know either. I mean, I have some ideas about that, but I know one thing is that like, man, 
people this whole idea of like just just shut that guy off like just unfriend that guy or like stop listening to him or like this guy should be canceled like remove his platform yeah that stuff is something i totally disagree with yeah because oftentimes the 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 voice that you should be listening to is the one that you disagree with like i i have this thing where if someone recommends something to me it's almost like a burden yeah because I have to do that. I have to. If you, if you're anybody out there, and you say, "Hey, man, you should check out this article," mm-hmm. I not only will read that article that night, but I'll write you like a long response as to what it made me yeah. think. And it's happened before where, like, Amanda one time sent me this article. It's just like it's just texted to me like, "Hey, look at this." And I was like, "All right." So I took I like took it apart and I freaking studied it, and then I wrote her this big long thing. And she goes, she texted back. She goes. Oh, I just thought the title was funny. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do that to yes. me, man. Like, don't. Like, <laughs> you know that I'm going to take this. Yeah. But, um, so that's my, my thing is I'll go, like, the total other way. If you've, if you've gone out of your way when you're listening to, a like, a documentary or something and you've thought of me, yeah. man, I feel it's my responsibility to treat that with respect. Yeah. Even if it's the most, even if it, on the outside, it looks like something I would totally disagree with. I'm going to give it my all to try mm-hmm. to understand what your perspective is on it. Yeah. That is something that's going away too, man. People well, don't want to hear it. No. Like it's it's crazy. And I mean, it's I don't know. It's it's very difficult. But if you're the type of person that's vocal about your feelings, right? You almost have a little bit of an obligation to at least understand the other side. Mm-hmm. If not, it's not really um, it's not really realistic for you to push your agenda on somebody. Unless you know both sides. Right. Because then you're just making an uneducated, you know, throwing out ideas without knowing any facts. And um, so I had a, I got out yesterday, spur of the moment, uh, golfing with my dad and my uncle. Uh Um, Randomly made the decision last minute. And so we're on the way down and I mean, I'm pretty close with my family. We get together a fair bit, Uh, but we certainly do not have... Uh, similar views on a lot of things and uh, some of that is their views have changed over the years Uh, some of mine have stayed the same and it's funny because my views at one point were their views and now they've changed their mind Um, oh I see so it's interesting and um, but they're like me they like to debate sometimes they like to discuss things they're open to conversation Mm -hmm. um, but they do it from a place of being open to growing um, and they're like, hey, you know, if I hadn't have been open to, to growing and expanding my mind previously, I wouldn't have the opinions that I have now. So right. sure, you know, let's talk about things. So anyways, my dad on the way down, we were talking about work and, and you know, leadership and uh, some similar type things about how people lead. And, you know, some managers kind of lead by fear and they're the, the old school dictator type manager yeah. as opposed to today's new culture of being a leader, right, and right. lead by example. Um, and really, I mean, that's just, I, I'm just myself and I just treat people the way that I always have and the way that I would like to be treated and blah, blah, blah. So his dad's like, you know, we can talk about deeper stuff, man. He's like, you know, anytime you want, I'm open for that. You know, I know you like, you like that stuff and you know, whatever it is, politics, religion, this, that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, sure, man. I was like, you know, I, I, I appreciate that stuff. Even if we don't see eye to eye mm-hmm. anyways, on the way home, it did not go well. No. Um, so, uh, well, dad started asking me some questions about politics. Right. Um, and uh, American politics, of course, because who cares about Canadian politics? And that actually frustrated me. Yeah. Um, anyways, long story short, because it was too long, is 
he threw out a couple things about Trump. Uh, and I prefaced by saying, I am not a Trump fan. Right. I'm not an advocate for Trump. Right. And a couple things that I said pissed him off. And right. he said, you know what? If you're going to defend him, right. I will not have this conversation. Right, right. And I said, you are full of shit. Ooh. You said you wanted to talk politics. Yeah. But what you actually meant was... If you want to agree with my thoughts on politics, I would love to have a conversation about it. Right. And you literally just said word for word, if you're going to defend his actions, mm-hmm. I don't want to have this. Right. I said, I'm not defending his actions. Mm-hmm. I challenged you on where did you come up with that opinion? Give me some facts that helped you formulate mm-hmm. your well-educated decision on that part and you couldn't give me any right and I said I refuse to bash anybody Mm -hmm. about things that you formulated opinion from the media yeah and I said again I think the guy makes poor decisions and I just you know and I just basically explained it's it's not that um I said, but if you're going to say, you know, he's bad for the country or this and this and that, I said, you know, give me some facts. And, you know, it comes down to some of the racist stuff or sexist stuff right, and blah, blah, right. blah. Um, and, I, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm just challenging you and your thinking yeah. of it's fine if you have that opinion, but mm-hmm. why? Where did you formulate that? Yeah. Did you formulate it because of a hot mic one time that was taken out of context? And again, I'm not defending the, the comment, no. but I'm just saying, you know, where did it come from? Mm-hmm. Anyway, it actually ended in a little bit of a better conversation. Because right. he saw where I was coming from, and he's like, "Maybe you're right." Yeah. Uh, once in a while, Dad'll be like, "We we watched golf growing up, yeah. and sometimes Dad'll be like, oh, yeah, that guy. I don't like him.'" Right. What do you mean? Like, did you hang out with him one time? That's yeah. a South African golfer. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And you I know, don't like that guy. Yeah. He's been on two majors, and you don't like him. Yeah. Eh, he seems to have a bit of an attitude. Yeah. Like, right. what do you mean? Yeah. Anyways, and uh, and that's kind of the point is. People are so mad, yeah. and they don't even know why. Yeah. They legitimately don't know why they're mad. They are because someone told them to be. Right. And I, I don't subscribe to, uh, you know, conspiracy theories and things like that. What I do subscribe to is truth, whether it's for somebody who deserves it or not. Right. Um, and, you know, even getting deeper. Uh, I have friends in the military, uh, some of them that have been posted overseas and stuff, and they come back, and they're like, man... The threats that actually face North America, right. n- no one's heard of them. No one's talking about them. Right. Uh, Russia, China, these are smoke screens. They're not actual threats. Yeah. He's like, I can't tell you anymore, yeah. but we're not watching them. Yeah. Let me just tell you that. Yeah. Uh, we have our eyes on other countries that you have never even heard of in the media. Right. Um, and there's just little things like that. So I like to dig a little deeper. I'm like yourself. I'm not reading... Uh, you know, watching compilation videos of conspiracy theories, although it, it, it does make you think. That right there is my guilty pleasure. I love that. <laughs> I no, Don't get me wrong. I like, they're intriguing and they make me think, but yeah. then I want to go find the truth and yes. the source, yeah, right? Like yeah, you said, yeah. my 11-year-old could put together a pretty convincing YouTube video if he wanted to, exactly, I'm sure. Exactly, yeah. Um, so it's, you know, where's the published papers and yeah. even that, I mean, in the, in today's day and age, we don't really know what the truth is, but I'm going to try and get a little bit closer to it. For sure. Um, at least watch something else on the other side. Hmm. That's, mm-hmm. that's pretty much how I try to do it. Like there was this, <clears throat> uh, back in like the early OOs, mm-hmm. um, there was a documentary that Bill Maher put out. Yeah. It was called Rid- Religious. Mm-hmm. 
and um, this was back when torrents were a thing, right? Yes. And I went, and I, and I didn't know how to get them, but I always wanted all the stuff. And I went to my brother. I'm like, hey, man, can you get that religious documentary? Because people were, it was buzzing, right? People yep. were talking about it. And Pat goes, uh, yep, I can get that for you, but you got to watch this one too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what, what is it? And I don't know if you ever saw this one, but it's really cool. It's um, uh, called uh, Expelled, and it's with um, that guy, the super smart guy. Uh, like I'm totally waiting Th- these two like I'm totally waiting yeah. this one as the better one but, <laughs> but uh, ah, Frank um, Ben Stein he uh-huh. produced it uh-huh. did you ever see that I don't know the the religious one rings a bell I think I may have yeah so religious is like Bill Maher goes around and he basically just interviews all kinds of different religious people yeah. and um, you know and then he's pretty respectable actually like yeah. and when he's at face face then they'll do some shots of him like doing some stuff some just jokes in the car like driving around and yeah. he's basically tearing a strip off everybody yes. and making fun of them and so it's it's kind of weighted to that side like yeah. religion's ridiculous he's he's not shy about his opinions no. on that no. right and um, and then Pat's like so go ahead watch that enjoy but also when you're done watch this one and this one's Ben Stein's also a pretty famous comedian guy and so the, like the production value on both are kind of equal I okay. would say and this one's all about like intelligent design and like getting that getting ideas like that to be more mainstream and, and maybe getting the conversation of having that stuff taught in schools back on the table. Okay. Um, both are pretty cool. But yeah. It's that it uh, ever since that it's been that's kind of been my thing. Like, yeah. If you're gonna watch one, watch a bit of the other. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and then just see where you, see where it, it comes out yep. at the end. You know, like you don't you don't have to make a decision on anything right now. Like, no. You don't have to make a decision on no, anything. No, that's exactly it. There's you don't nothing have to wrong. join a team, man. There's nothing wrong with saying, I really don't know. Yeah, exactly. I don't think there's anything wrong with somebody saying, you know what, quite honestly, George, I, I just don't really have a firm enough grasp on politics in general to form a complete opinion. Oh, um, th- it, that would no, that would not only be the truth yeah. for 99.9% of the people, but it would also be like a breath of fresh air, man. It really would. That way. It's... It, 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 it's the simplest concept. It's like what people are taught in customer service. Yeah. I would rather, and people would rather, studies show, you come back and say, uh, you know, uh, if you were a customer service person, mm-hmm. hey, George, you know what? That's actually a great question. I'm not 100% sure the answer. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go and try and find out. Yeah. I'll get back to you later. Yep. Um, rather than misinform me. Exactly. Because you feel like you need to have an answer right away. Yeah. There's very few things in life right now that you really should have a firm, firm feel of because I don't think that you can Mm -hmm. we've talked before and won't get into it too much about um, you know the the flip flop over the ages of is fat good for you or not right right Mm -hmm. Um, and in the 50s Johnson and Johnson created the heart and stroke foundation Johnson and Johnson the leading manufacturer of granola bars and packaged low fat health foods right they invented and created the Heart and Stroke Foundation based on the fact that they uh, decided that fat was bad for you. Right. Uh, and they did studies, and they did it in European countries, and found that people with a high-fat diet had poor cardiovascular health. The part of the study that was not divulged is that they did it in, like, the eight European countries with the highest rate of smoking, right. where the average person smoked two packs of cigarettes a day. Right. And that was actually the most detrimental people or thing to um, to heart health and plaque and all this stuff like that. Right. Um, now, you know, you, 
avocados are five bucks a piece and coconut oil people carried in their pockets and um, we know that there's health benefits to to fat and there's a lot of varying opinions and keto and all this different stuff Um, and in our lifetime the the Canada's food guide has been revamped multiple times when we were growing up it was encouraged you should have six portions of grains <laughs> right yeah. now it's like bread don't yeah. eat bread yeah bread's horrible uh, yeah. you know you should have eight servings of dairy yeah now it's like oh dairy's terrible for you yeah. so when your whole life you've been lied to from your own government yeah um and you know whatever it is what it is but it makes it really hard to be like oh well, yeah, I believe that. Well, yeah. The government says this is good, or the government says this is bad, mm-hmm. and you get into all the deep stuff. If you want to throw out the trigger words, it's you know vaccines and flu shots and COVID and yeah. all this different stuff. But anybody who just blindly believes that stuff, even people who say, "Oh yeah, you're you're an idiot, buddy." Uh, every doctor recommends this, right. but again, every doctor recommended Canada's health guide, right. Canada's food guide. Right. So. That argument is not accurate. Yeah. Every doctor 25 years ago would have told you fat is bad for you. Right. Eat a low-fat diet. Right. And now if they said that, that would be a lie. Right. Um, so it's kind of tough. And, and, I, and I feel bad for people because where do you get your information? I'm not a research scientist. I'm not capable of you know looking up published papers from Baylor University and, mm-hmm. and trying to decipher it on my own. And even if I could look up the paper, I'm probably not capable of understanding it enough right. to actually make an informed decision. Mm-hmm. So people are between a rock and a hard place. They want to be informed, but they don't know how to be informed. But this is a this is a part of the problem. Just even what you just said right there, like even if I could look up all these papers, I wouldn't be smart. No, that's the problem with people who. This is why I want to get more guys, more guys that I know are, are quality guys. Like really, this is this whole thing that I've been doing lately. Mm. My son was born. It fucking flipped my whole perspective upside down yeah, on man. what is important. Yeah, I'm sure that happened to you, and and every father that I've talked to, it's it's been that way. And my confidence, for whatever reason, I was nervous and worried. I went through a lot of struggles, like, in my 20s about, like, I lost my business. Like, I've had, like, touch-and-go jobs, losing jobs and stuff like that. And uh, everything, luckily, with my relationship has always been ironclad, which yeah. is, which is, man, that's that's been the only thing that's really great. Yeah. And, but then, and so I had this whole level of, like, my late 20s was, like, a nervous guy like I didn't know I didn't know like I thought I was this confident guy who could do all these things yeah and I've been hit with so many failures man it's like who am I and I yeah and so I got to this point in my late 20s where I'm just kind of nervous and I don't really want to step out I don't really want to talk much and I feel like society kind of tightened the screws in just the right proportions at just the right times to turn me from something I was into something I didn't want to be mm-hmm. and my, then my son was born yeah and I was like, oh, okay, I need to teach this human how to be a human. Mm. Like, and I don't want him to have, I don't want him to be in his late 20s feeling like I felt. Mm-hmm. And all that kind of washed away. And so then, and and, I, and honestly, dude, I don't know what that was. Like, we could go deep on that. Yeah. But I have, I have opinions about what happened. Yeah. And, and for me, like, it was a light switch moment. It wasn't like... Oh, a gradual sense of like things. Ha- there's there is an order. There is an underlining like idea yeah. and plan set out. It was like, dude, I've been trying to tell you, and here it is. Yeah. 
Uh, so pay attention now. Mm-hmm. And now I've been paying attention. Yeah. Um, and since I've been paying attention to what that is, yeah, here's a bunny. Nice. Um, things have been getting better and yeah. better and better, faster and faster. Mm-hmm. I'm getting stronger and stronger, like in all kinds of different areas. And uh, so that's the that's the part of you saying like, man, even if I could look up all these things and I have the time to do it, I wouldn't be this best guy to do it because I'm not. But I feel like, man, because you have that attitude, yeah. it makes you way more quality to be that person to do those things. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that's why I'm saying like, man, come come have a chat with me on, on oh, yeah. this podcast. And guys that are like, oh, I just, I wouldn't, wouldn't have anything quality to say. I'm like, no, I feel like because you have that already, you have that like humble reserved mentality. 100%. That you're the one I want to drag out more. You yeah. know what I mean? 100%. Now, in your case specifically, like you were all gung-ho. So. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, yeah, right away. I'm always yeah. down to You're giving me a platform to hey. just talk some shit. Yeah, I'll Con- be there. Controversy <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. But you know what? You like, you've said something that changed my life multiple times, which is just about humility. Yeah. And I, again, I, I, now I'm different. I had a life changing experience. Now yeah. kids are, kids are one of them. Jonah started junior high this year. Yeah. Junior high. Yeah. It's grade six. It's That's different wild. than what we had, but I mean, I remember grade six yeah, and so it's terrifying I. that he's in grade six. Yeah. Um, but you know, I had a life changing experience mm-hmm. where I crashed my car and was in the hospital for two months and almost died. Right. And as a 17 year old at the time mm-hmm. that was the captain of the sports teams. Yeah. And you know, I, I actually just thought about this this week. I, I honestly don't think about it very often. Um, I think about the accident and, and things often, but in grade 10, I got the Kevin Burns most promising grade 10 athlete award. Yeah. And I just reflected back because, you know, I joke. Sometimes I reminisce with people and I played ball this year and, uh, you know, people remember things that I was good at. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, wow, big accomplishment. I was a fast runner when I was 16 years old. Yeah, yeah. 20 years later, that means nothing. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's a good thing. You know, sports are important. Organized sports and, and responsibility, teamwork, all that kind of stuff, very, very important. But um, I remember when, when I crashed my car. I looked down, my femur was broken in half, pointed Crazy. on a 90 degree angle, and I thought to myself, my life is over. Yeah. Now that's a really sad thought because I defined my life as athletic ability, right. which also defined me as the jock, and really, I didn't treat people well, was not, I mean, let's put things into perspective you know I'm a kid and, and mm-hmm. it is what it is yeah. um, but I don't like when I think about some of those parts of life and yeah. you know I wish now I'm like man I wish I treated people better mm-hmm. I wish I never bullied people mm-hmm. but I wish I was the advocate for the bullied Step I wish in, I yeah, stepped in yeah, more yeah. even with friends you know mm-hmm. joking with friends yeah I wish I was a little nicer and I could say, oh, we were best friends, so they didn't take it poorly. But I know better now. I know that people probably went home and were upset because, you know, yeah. high school's tough and, you know, it even is. your own friend. Um, but what I'm getting to uh, is humility is the one big thing that I learned because mm-hmm. in a hospital when you're stripped of dignity and you you wake up with a catheter in and you don't know who put it in yeah, or, yeah. you know, you uh, like... I remember, you know, I 
throw up out of nowhere and someone needs right. to clean it up. And you just it puts things into perspective that other people's opinions don't matter. And, you know, I one day, you know, finished races in June and, you know, was awarded medals and, you know, had everything going for me. And in August in the summer, lost it all. I went right. back to school in grade 12, the captain of the football team, and I was 118 pounds. Yeah. My girlfriend weighed more than I did. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that perspective has kind of stuck with me. And, you know, the longer things go on, you forget some of that stuff, right? It's not like I think about dying every day and I'm like, oh, I better live every day to its fullest. I try, mm-hmm. but things that I do remember is I don't really care if that person doesn't like me. I right. like to be liked and I like to please people, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because I could be gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and the humility part is the big one yeah. because I don't know it all. And I've learned that. And like I said, I try to learn from other people. So anyway, that's that's a big one that people that are saying, oh man, you know, I don't really have that much to give. Those are probably some of the best people because yeah, I agree. they don't think they know it all. They're not high on themselves. And uh, again, go back to the work stuff. Humility is one of the biggest lessons that I've been taught. I had a fantastic boss at the bank, mm-hmm. but he was also very difficult. He's one of the most difficult people I've worked with. Uh, but he challenged me all the time. And I'll never forget, it was a growing moment for me. I did, did well, I was successful in sales. Um, and him and I didn't see eye to eye one day. Mm-hmm. And he was a stubborn guy. He was only a year older than I was. Right. Um, and he was similar to me. So he was a bit of a hothead, thought that he knew it all. Mm-hmm. And anyway, one day we didn't see eye to eye. And uh, I kind of stood my ground. And it was just on a, a, a sales process, uh, an opinion about how to sell something. Right. And he went, oh, well, I guess you know more than me. Nothing more for us to talk about. Right. And he turned around in his chair and, like, didn't face me. I'm like, <laughs> really, Matt? Come yeah, on, man. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to do me like that? Yeah. And he, and he ignored me. Yeah. I'm sitting three feet away, right? It was very awkward. But again, he was he was a very similar personality to me. Right. He had not necessarily had the same humbling opinions that I did. Mm-hmm. But he was a director at a bank, and he was a very successful guy at 31 years old or whatever it was at the time, 30 years old. Right. Um, so why not? Mm-hmm. So anyways, I, um, I went away from it, and I was right. Right. Which was the toughest part about this. But what I realized was I was right with a boss that I had a great relationship with that did a lot for me, that really helped me with my career. Mm -hmm. And I was more concerned about being right than about my relationship. Right. And I messed up the relationship. Mm -hmm. So I did something that was really hard for me and I wasn't used to. And I went over the next day. I let it, uh, no, sorry. It was, it was late that day. Yeah. And I said, Matt, can we chat for a sec? And he's like, you got the floor. Yeah. And I said, uh, Regardless of how I feel yeah. about a certain subject, you're my boss. You're a good one. Yeah. You're not just a boss. We're friends, and you've taught me a lot, and this is your show. Right. And if you want something done a certain way, it's going to be done that way regardless of how I feel about it. And I apologize because I overstepped. Right. Um, I was inappropriate in my responses. We can have a discussion, but at the end of the day, I still need to be respectful, and I wasn't, and I apologize. Uh, you know, I'm going to do it your way. And not only am I going to do it your way, I'm, we're going to be successful with it. Um, and, I, you know, I just wanted to let you know it is what it is. Something something along those lines. Yeah. And he looked at me and he, he was kind of silent for a minute. And he's like, you know what? I've never, ever had somebody take accountability like that. Mm-hmm. Most people 
would have let that be a defining moment in ruining a really good relationship. Yeah. Because pride would get in the way. Right. And people would probably let this go and never address it. Right. Avoid eye contact. Yep. Allow awkward silence until either you or I moved into a different position and we never would have been the same. Right. And he's like, Justin, I I have so much more respect for you now. Mm-hmm. And he's like, maybe you are right. Right. And he's okay, like, the there you go. Yeah. He, he knew, but yeah. he was just as stubborn as I was. It was a learning moment for him. We talked sure. about it a year later. Yeah. And he's like, you might even be right. And the fact that you're willing to say, you know what? I'm wrong regardless. Yeah. Um, and we had the best re- uh, relationship after that. Yeah. And it opened more doors for me because yeah. he, a- after that, he knew that I was capable of handling more responsibility because I was able to swallow my pride. Right. Um, that was a, one of the most defining uh, moments in my life. It doesn't seem like a big thing, but I was a very prideful person. I hated to be wrong. I hated admitting it um, and apologizing as well. Mm-hmm. People think that it's like a sign of weakness. Right, right. right. When really, it's a sign of strength. I agree. Um, and it, it, I mean, for me, I, I think of it all the time and I, and I talk about it. I talk about it with employees and um, you know, I am in an influential, influential position right now. Um, and I constantly think about those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember why exactly I was telling you that. But that was good, though. That was a good anecdote, man. And it also, it's like, it's that thing of ego, man. Mm. It's that, man, that thing is a fucking bitch that yeah. follow you around and make you do some shit. And it, it, you just got to let that thing go. Man. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's, I don't know how to do it. I've not successfully no. been able to ever... But don't attack. misunderstand. There's nothing wrong with having a little bit. That's healthy. Right. right. Confidence, a little bit of ego. I mean, if you're an athlete, you better have an ego. Oh, yeah. You right? can't get nothing done. You need to think that you're the best at things. Right. It's okay to have an ego about sales. Mm-hmm. That's confidence, and it right. comes across, and, right. and it, it's, a, it's a strength thing. But... The pride stuff is on a little bit of a deeper level, right? Yeah, that's yeah. not a that's not a surface thing. That's a don't ever let. So we'll tag on a different part to that same type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, had another coworker. She was very toxic. Um, she had had a difficult life. She had been hurt. Her her husband had passed away at a young age. Left her with kids. She had bitterness and and rightfully so. Right. And I taught a um, I taught a, a program to all new supervisors at the bank, and it was John Maxwell's 21 People Principles. Okay. Fantastic. Now you'll have to go and research it. Oh, damn um, it. But there's, <laughs> the, like, there's a workbook that goes with it. There's a, a video series. But John Maxwell has written 30 leadership books. Okay. He's one of the most foremost leaders in the world and experts on leadership. Right. Um, and it's the, the most simple things, man. Yeah. So one is, a people principle is, hurting people hurt other people. Hurting people hurt other people. If you're hurting, George, oh, I'm not surprised gotcha. that you go around hurting other people and doing things that people would go, why would he do something like that? Right. Well, because yes. you're hurting and you don't know how to cope with it, so you hurt other people. Yeah. Um, I've dealt with that a lot lately, yes. man. That, that, that's a tough one. And when they're hurting you, you're like, you just want to be like, ah. And it doesn't make it acceptable. No. Um, True. It doesn't mean that it's okay, but it can give you some perspective. Mm-hmm. So, again, I, I don't, I don't, I can't comprehend dealing with the loss of a spouse at an early age and leaving right. me as a single mother. Mm-hmm. Um, 
doesn't mean I would treat somebody like trash 20 years later. That's, right. but I, I, again, I, I can't comprehend that. Anyways, so this woman had similar type encounters with our boss because as good of a teacher as he was, he was a good teacher because he challenged people. And right. like we discussed when I first got in, people don't like to be challenged. Right. They don't like to be given constructive criticism and, and, and pushed into becoming a better person. They just want to li- live their comfortable lives uh, and never have conflict because they don't know how to deal with conflict. Right. So she had a conflict with this guy. He was her boss. Mm-hmm. She was in the wrong, um, but she, she thought that she wasn't similar to my situation. And she came and talked to me. Mm-hmm. Listen, you have such a good thing with Matt. Like, how did you do that? Right. And I told her. And her response was, I will quit, be fired, or die before that. Before I apologize yeah. to him. Yeah. yeah. And I said, it doesn't even need to be a real apology. Yeah. <laughs> it, you don't even need to believe it. I yeah. said, for your own health, yeah. I would recommend it. Mm-hmm. Get yourself to a point where you can actually say, you know what? I shouldn't have done that. I was wrong. Because you will be amazed at how you will grow. Justin, you might as well just stop right now. Literally, I will quit before I ever say the words, I am sorry to him. And I said, so here's what's going to happen. You're going to have awkwardness. You will have ruined a relationship with somebody who's influential that could help your career and help you grow as a person. Mm -hmm. Because despite his faults... He's a, he's a very intelligent person and he has a lot to, to, to give. And that comes back to the thinking that somebody can, you know, everybody can teach you something. Right. Right. Um, Donald Trump, despite his faults, mm-hmm. could teach you something, yeah. even if it was about how not to act. Yeah. So exactly. don't be so, yeah. don't be so, you know, it doesn't always need to be what a positive thing. Do. Yes, <laughs> yeah. honestly, that's yeah. the, that's the thing. Don't, yeah. don't write people off. Mm-hmm. Um, and she didn't. And she, and she ruined that relationship and kept it that way. And I talked to people after the fact, and those are two polar opposites of how things could go. And she continued as a person who couldn't really be trusted, who didn't deal with conflict well, that you couldn't really talk to. And I was the guy that was approachable, and even if you didn't agree, was willing to have a conversation about why. Why why don't we don't agree? And let's come together on it, and let's see different points of views, and let's look at the other side. And even at the end, maybe I still don't agree, but I I now know how you feel. Right. Um, So yeah, anybody that feels like they don't have anything to say are probably the ones that you want to talk to because they're humble in thinking, eh, who am I? Those are the ones that need to talk more, man. Yes. It's, 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 it's really shitty that it's, it's the only thing that I figured out that I know for sure of all the things that I've learned is that everything is a paradox, man. Like everything comes with its opposite. Yeah. And one of the, one of the truest ones is that the people who are too, like shy and like not confident enough are the ones that need someone behind them. They need encouragers, yeah. right? Like to encourage, to put courage into somebody is what people need, especially people that have great ideas, man, yeah. and they have great thoughts. And um, I think that you're lucky in a way because you you did get that early athletic success, and that that even though it came with that curse, man, I think everybody who got that award in grade ten had an injury. Steve got that, and he broke his leg in grade yeah. twelve. I think there was a few other guys that got that like most promising athlete. It was almost like a, it was a almost curse. like a sign of death. The man. curse it was of like, the Kevin Burns. No, it was like yeah. don't do that. Don't take him away from us. Yeah. Um, I remember that happening a few times, and that it's just so tragic when that happens. But at the same time, dude, fuck. Yeah. I feel like one of the things is to get hit with a humbling experience early mm-hmm. in life. It's gonna suck, honestly. When I see Lachlan go through that. Yeah. But. I'm gonna be there right beside him. Like I try to, I know he doesn't understand a lot of language yet, but like 
I can picture myself having these conversations with him, like, man, I'm, I'm in the belly of your ship, but you still got to drive type of, yeah. like, I'm going to be right here with you. I promise yeah. you that. I'm not going to leave. No. But, man, when things are tough, I am going to see it through. And it's going to be tough for me watching it, yes. but I'm going to be there if you need it. Yeah. And, and I'm only going to help when you need it. Yeah. And fuck, man, that sucks. Because sometimes I can remember looking back at my dad going, dude, why aren't you putting me in a, like, why aren't you, like, sending me a lifeline here? Like, mm. you can see I'm struggling. And I, and now that I'm getting a little bit older, I'm watching Lachlan fall down a little bit. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and like, the other day at the soccer game, he fell off of the, he fell off, like, the soft turf. And he kind of face planted, like, in all the gravel. Mm-hmm. And... And I walked over to him, and there was a there was a there was a seat full of uh, people watching this yeah. happen, right? And you could just see, I, I maybe maybe it was in my head, but I could sense like, like oh go grab go go get him go grab him, right? Yeah. And I kind of walked over, and I and he didn't start crying or anything, but his face did kind of bump the ground and everything. And, yeah. And I knelt beside him, and I just wanted the only thing I wanted to express to him again, he's not very not a lot of language yet, is that man, I'm right here with you. I yeah. am right here with you. If you need it. I am going to be here. Mm-hmm. I promise I will never not be here, but you got to get yourself up. Yes. You know, and that, and that's kind of a, a message I want to, him to take with him forever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's going to suck, man. I'm sure you probably had some with your boys where it's like, yep, this is something you're going to go through. Yeah. And you're just watching it. And oh, yeah. you know, like, you know they're going to get through it. That's the other part. But. Well, right. and that, yeah, and I mean, there's, uh, there's, I grew up. Mom always babysat kids, okay. and uh, so I, I, you know, I was lucky to have some, um, a little bit of experience seeing her, you know, parent and uh, you know, babysit other kids. And I mean, essentially, she raised dozens and dozens of kids over the years and stuff. And she would give me advice, and especially with your first kid, you never want them to fall. You always want them to. You, you always want to be there to catch them. Mm-hmm. And then there's this fine line of well. You know, I need to let you fail. Mm-hmm. I need to let you, you know, try and do this on your own because I can't always be there. You know, like I said, the first time that your, the first time that your manager at Wendy's sits you down and wants to point out some opportunities, I'm not going to be there to defend you. You need to know right. how to deal with this stuff on your own. Mm-hmm. And there's a fine line. You want to be supportive. You want to protect. But the quicker people learn to handle things themselves, the better they're going to be stronger. And yeah, it's a very difficult thing. I um, I had a proud dad moment probably, I think it was two years ago, where um, Jonah is, as of now, naturally not athletic. His eyesight is poor. Okay. Um, but he's very intellectual, a lot more, a lot more than I ever was. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also musical. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, he's got a good mind for, you know, mechanics and engineering and stuff like that. So anyways, we, um, you know, but as a dad, of course, you know, there's always that thought, oh man, I can't wait till they start playing this. I can't wait till they start doing this. Like you want to live vicariously through them. And, you know, you remember yourself playing sports growing up and what it was like. And, um, so he played, you know, he played soccer a year. He played baseball for a few years. He tried a bunch of different things and, as he got older, he started recognizing. And I remember after a game one time, he's like, dad, like everybody's faster than me. Right. And they always get to the ball before me. And you know, I I don't get as many hits as other people. Mm -hmm. And and I'm like, okay, well it's good. He's recognizing that when people are uh, oblivious to that type of stuff, it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and so in the you know in the off season or whatever you say talking about it you know do you want to play baseball this year and I said buddy you know you don't have to right you know mommy and daddy love music you know we played instruments we sang if you'd like to do something like that I would love that you know if you want to go to science camp like whatever you want to do just basically telling them I'll support you in whatever you want to do mm -hmm. and don't ever feel obligated to do something just because it's something that I like um, and his he was like well you know dad I know that like I'm not as good at baseball as other people but it's like you say, practice makes perfect, and I'm not going to get better at something if I give up. I'm only going to get better by practicing. So even though I'm not that great, I want to stick with it, and I want to keep practicing so that I get better. I'm like, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. And but and I mean, he only played for one more year and he stopped. Right. But you know that even just that life lesson stuck with him. And sure. he decided afterwards, okay, I did push it. I did push through. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, it's not quitting. It's not giving up to recognize that something's not your strength and refocus and, and go in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, Isaiah is the polar opposite. And, right. he, and he catches on to things very, very quickly. But I also treat him that, you know, that's not his identity. That's not his worth. Yeah. Being good at something is not who you are. Mm -hmm. It's something you like. Yeah. It's not what defines you. It's just something that you're into. It's a hobby. What defines you is, you know, the deeper stuff. It is how you treat people and, you know, it is your belief system. It's your morals and your values. Um, if you can put your morals and your values and your character into the things that you like, that's cool. Right. You know, if you can be a leader and, uh, and stuff like that. But um, it's, it's an interesting thing because it killed me to watch Jonah play sports sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, watching him fail and there's nothing that you can do. Right. I can't be there at the plate to swing the bat for you. Mm -hmm. But afterwards, I'm here. Right. But I also, you know, I wasn't lying to him. Mm -hmm. I was being honest. Right. I was like, you know, buddy, you're, you know, you're right. You're, some of the kids are faster than you. Mm -hmm. So what I can do to support is if you want to practice running, mm -hmm. if you want me to teach you some stuff, I can do that. Right. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, no, buddy, they're not faster than you. You're just as fast as them. I'm not going to lie to you. Right. Um, and it's a really tough thing. You'll, you know, you'll go through these times where you don't, you're not going to know what the right answer is. Yeah. Is the right answer to let them fail? Is it to let them cry and yeah. be honest and say, yeah, honestly, buddy, like you're not that great. Or, you know, right. should I encourage them? And there's, there's not always a right or wrong answer. You just got to kind of come to it. But, you know, you've gone through all those things yourself and you know that, um, you know, helping somebody build confidence doesn't necessarily mean always being there. Sometimes it's helping them come to the conclusion that they're not good at something and yeah. they'll, they'll get stronger from that and they'll be more humble and they'll swallow a little bit of pride. Um, anyway. It's a hard thing, man. Mm. Oh, geez. It's like, uh, it's just, it's, you can see this, like, it's almost like getting a, getting a dog, like not to compare kids to dogs, but oh. when you get a dog, you know that thing is going to die before you. Yes. You hope. <laughs> it's, yeah, oh, yeah, you hope. So you just, like, you make this conscious decision to have your heart ripped in half yep. when you purchase a puppy. 100%. And, but you do that. And then when your puppy dies, like, I've had a dog die already, yep. you go and get another puppy. Like, yeah. because you have to have that. You have to have that. And it's just, like, it's when you have a baby, all of a sudden, like, it's the best feeling in your life. Yeah. You have a baby, and you grab this baby, and you look at it, and you're like, 
you're like this is amazing and then yeah. you just start like in my experience anyway I just start calculating all of the heartbreaking things I'm gonna deal with now that this is a guy I love more than I love myself yep. you know uh, it's crazy man now my experience like when my baby was born I never got to hold him for like 40 days yeah yeah um, no it was third it was uh, it was 20 sorry what's 15 from 45 20. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was 20 days. I never yeah. got to hold him. And um, it was... Uh, so so that first time I got to hold him, I feel like I have a unique experience than a lot of parents who never had the NICU because usually the, the mother is like, here's your baby, right yeah. onto your chest. Yeah. Um, we had 20 days to wait and get to know the guy and we could touch his hands and yeah. we could change his diaper and stuff. Um, but man, I'm telling you, man, like... That's that that moment where they're like, okay, dude, would you like to hold them? Yep. You're like, yeah, take your shirt off. Here yep. you go. And it's just like, I can see that for the first time. Like, and hopefully with my next child, I'll get to experience that. Mm -hmm. But when you've been waiting for something for 20 days, yeah. it's like you're starving. You know what I mean? It's like, here's a glass of water. <laughs> and that can be, and that can be a good experience or a bad experience. I mean, yeah. that could, that could put you in a tough spot where you're like, you know, I'll never let you down. I didn't get to hold you for 20 days. I'll always be here. Right. And then there's the other side of you. And, you know, I go through it. Jonah's 11. Right. So, for example, you picked me up this morning. Well, he walks to Chen's once in a while with his friends up at the top of the hill. Yeah. That's a pretty long walk. Yeah. And at 10, he just turned 11 in September. It's taken a lot for me to give him that freedom. Right. Um, and Isaiah, like, he's a he's a monkey. Like, he climbs on everything. And there's a part of me, it's just like the dog, where I'm like... I'm going to let you do that. Mm -hmm. And there's a very good possibility you're going to fall and you're going to get hurt. Right. But if you don't, you're going to get better at it. And you're right. going to realize that you can do it and then you'll climb higher and you'll climb higher if you succeed on your own. Mm -hmm. If I help you with it, you're always going to know, well, I didn't fall, but dad was holding me. Right. So of yeah. course I didn't fall. When you do it on your own, you realize that you're capable of doing it on your own. And then as a child, especially because you don't have that that limit you don't have that mindset that there's limits on you mm -hmm. you think well man if i if i did that imagine how higher i can go mm -hmm. um 15 from 45 is 30 yes you're right <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was listening to you but i was also like it doesn't seem no, like that's it not right it's longer than that <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but it's the hardest thing, man. It yeah. is, and even with the dogs, like I got, I got, I got Romeo. I wanted a husky my whole entire life. I, I read up. I went and got six books, <laughs> three about puppies, three about huskies, and yeah. I read up. I had not, I never had a dog, and I already had my mind made up. But yeah. every book that I read, the book literally stopped. The yeah. author was like, "You reader, listen yeah. to me. Yeah. Do not think your husky will be different. Yeah. Huskies cannot be let off a leash." <laughs> Right. Yeah. They do not have recall. They are too intelligent. They will look at you and go, why would I listen to you? You're too far away from me to do anything about it. Right. And it's absolutely true. And I was like, but I'm literally sitting there. What do you think I was thinking? No, nah, not my dog. No, not my dog. <laughs> the next line, yeah. do not think your dog will be different. <laughs> yeah. You will regret it. Yeah. And so I, right from the start, I was like, well, you know what? I, I like hiking. I yeah. like to go to protected wilderness areas and, and get off leash and do stuff. And I was like, hey, if he falls off a cliff... Yeah. Or gets killed by a bear, or, or yeah. gets hit by a car. I'm okay with that. Right. I've I've already made up I've my mind that it. I'm yeah. not going to limit my relationship with him because I know the inevitable could happen. Right. I'm just going to live life to the fullest and understand it. Mm -hmm. And it does correlate to kids. It's like you know what? I understand that if I let him climb to the top of that tree, he might fall and break his arm. Mm -hmm. But if I never let him try, he'll never know what he's capable of. So I have to. I have to let him fail 
to to realize what he's capable of. Um, right. And it's a, that's a that's a deep thing, right? Mm. And it's like anything. It's like if you don't lose in sports, you're never going to have the motivation to win, because you know always winning yeah it gives you the confidence to think that you can never lose but yeah. it creates overconfidence losing does 10 times more for you than winning all the time for sure and do you ever notice you feel the same after a huge win or a huge loss after the game's over it's like i feel pretty much the same you know what i mean like i guess you get is this any, any, yep. yeah you get kind of tri- charged up but i can remember like coaching and winning some big games and then after, I'm like, I'm so drained emotionally mm-hmm. that I'm just like, uh, and I can also remember losing some big games, and you're so drained emotionally after that too. You're just like, uh, let's go get something to eat, and yep. you know what I mean. Pretty much, it feels the same right after. It's that, it's that thing of like that false idea that like, oh, once you accomplish this goal, yeah. you're not going to need anything else. But what happens when they interview Olympians after they get the gold medal yeah. and break the record? The first thing that they say is they always push on to the next thing. They yes. never just, it's never good enough because they, the first thing that they say is like, oh, I can't wait to bring this home and show my friends and family. It's like, oh, you're putting something on top of winning a gold medal? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, what What else? What, what do you need? And it's an insatiable desire that we have to keep doing better. So that's why, yeah, I really don't get the whole new culture of like, everyone's great and like, you're always a winner even no. though you're... It's it's, like, it's a it's a big problem. Yeah. I'll never forget. This is it. I I mean, you know, kids should we, we we talk about it, you know, kids should have accounting class and they should have this and that. But having mentors and having people to learn from, like, you know, we've always been taught, learn from other people's mistakes. For but sure. nobody nobody does. No. Um, I'll never forget because I only ever lost one wrestling match. Really? And it did way more for me. And it was early, too. It was the it was like the second tournament that I was ever in. The first tournament that I was ever in, the gold medal match, I faced a guy that the year before had got a silver medal at Canada Games. I didn't know that, though. Right. And I went in, and I like beat him in something ridiculous, like 17 seconds. Well, that gave me a, like a false sense of security. And then the second tournament, he beat me. And it did more for me because I actually, I vividly remember smiling. Right. I stood up and I was like, "You got me." Right, right. And it just made me learn. I was like, "Okay, I got to go back to the drawing board and I need to, I need to learn more." And I was ten times more motivated than had I have won because I realized that I still had more to work on. And old Pete was there to. Pete Alley gets a shout out. Tell me, I was yeah. Thanks, Pete. <laughs> you were the best. Yeah. This has been brought to you. When I would get overconfident, Pete. I yeah. used to get a little overconfident, and I'd be like, Pete would just like, be like, "I'm gonna whip your ass right now." Oh, he absolutely did. Yeah. No, like, and he actually like it, it wouldn't be acceptable in today's day and age. Like Pete bent me in half. Oh man. Like, oh, Justin, feeling a little, uh, feeling a little cocky today, are you? All right, yeah. jump on the mat. Yeah. What, what, what do you mean, Pete? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Jump on the mat. Well. <laughs> You're gonna hurt. Yeah, I didn't. That, that was the day I learned about man strength. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Justin Hillier, George McPherson. Good. Unfortunately, we have to end this episode right there. Sorry if I cut off something you were interested in hearing. Don't forget that full, uncut, original season one episodes are available at FatherFigure.pro. Thanks for listening.